0: Welcome to the Unstoppable Recording Machine Podcast brought to you by Telefunken Electroacoustic Telefunken Electroacoustic has been following the tradition of excellence and innovation set forth by the original Telefunken GMBH of Germany that began over 100 years ago with one foot rooted in the rich history of the brand and the other in new microphone innovations for both stage and studio applications. Telefunken Electroacoustic is recognized as one of the industry leaders in top quality microphones. For more info, go to t-funk.com. And now your host, A.L. Levy.
1: Welcome to the URM podcast. I am A.L. Levy. And I just want to tell you that this show is brought to you by URM Academy, the world's best education for rock and metal producers. Every month on Nail the Mix, we bring you one of the world's best producers to mix a song from scratch from artists like Diamond God, Meshuggah, Periphery, A Day to Remember, Bring Me the Horizon, Opeth, Many, many more. And we give you the raw multitracks so you can mix along. you also get access to MixLab, our collection of bite-sized mixing tutorials, and Portfolio Builder, which are pro-quality multitracks that are cleared for use in your portfolio. You can find out more at nailthemix.com. I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet. Earlier this week, I flew to L.A. along with Mr. Sean O'Keefe to conduct this podcast with uh, Patrick Stump, who's the singer from Fallout Boy. Sean O'Keefe is on Nail the Mix this month, April 2019, and he's basically Fall Out Boy's original producer who produced that new track that we're doing, Lake Effect Kid, well, new old track. So I got them in a room together, and we talked about the old days, and also kind of how it came full circle. It's just a cool episode. I'll shut up. Enjoy. Patrick and Sean, welcome to the Unstoppable Recording Machine podcast. Very stoked to have both of you here.
2: Stoked to be here. Same here. Yeah,
1: thanks. So let's just get right into it. You guys have known each other a really long time.
3: Yeah, I guess we have. Uh, yeah. I was thinking about today. I forgot that Sean recorded my first band, my first real band. Um, I was about fourteen. And and he was yeah. it was a really kinda weird, bad new metal hardcore band and Oh, what and could I,
1: be wrong with that?
3: Yeah. Well it's it's the kind of thing that you know, in retrospect, uh, my uncle at at the time was like, you know, was like take pictures, man, take pictures, and we didn't. And that's the great thing oh, is yeah. there's not a lot of pictures out there of me <laughs> with the pants, the like the the you know Jinko pants and the <laughs> is and that the, what you had? Yeah, yeah and, the, and the spiky hair and the I didn't have yeah. I, I I didn't really have the hair for it, but I had the like spiky hair and the you know um, I don't know it was a it was a it was a moment.
2: It was yeah. pretty good. Yeah. I, I won't mention the name of the band unless
3: <laughs> yeah no 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 thank you <laughs> I'll I can yeah. reserve
1: that one. How long ago was that? I was about fourteen. Yeah, uh, sweet.
3: So that was like twenty years ago. Yeah,
2: it was like twenty years ago.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. so you could do the math. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: <laughs> um, yeah that's right. And the interesting thing is that uh, I had so I had my little studio, and which is where we met, right? Mm-hmm. We yeah, we met at the studio, and I had recorded all of you guys in Fall Out Boy in separate, separate bands. bands. Yeah, yeah. Joe in a separate band. Andy and Pete were in the band together. Yeah, Armangelis, Yeah, you
3: recorded
1: yes. them together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to understand something cuz I know you're not 50 years old. Were you like <laughs> were you the kid the kid in high school who had the well, the the rig?
2: I was, but when when we did that, um, I was just out of high school. So this I must have been 18 or 19. Um, yeah, when
3: we did that first thing. Yeah. yeah. Cuz you were cuz cuz so I mean from the outside, it was basically this thing where... Because Sean had been in a lot of bands, and a lot of the bands around... You know, it's a, it was a small community of, of like, punk rock bands, of, yeah. like, in in the Chicago suburbs. And Sean had been, you know, the drummer in a lot of these bands. And it was pretty apparent early on, because he started recording everybody, that, like, that you seemed to be more interested in the recording part. You still played drums, and you yeah, still did no, it, but yeah. but it was, like, really obvious. And so, like, it was... Within it was in, it was like it kind of exploded in a, in a very short amount of time where everyone was like well, we gotta go to Sean right. so because I, I remember yeah. the fir- I remember you did the. Danny and the Ketchup's record. That's right. That um, was my band. Which, which yeah. is your band. And then like, and then in the span of like, maybe, th- you know, two years or something, it was like, you know, everyone was yeah. trying to record at Rosebud or whatever. So. It really
2: became like a scene. I think it was, yeah. it was that more than anything. It was yeah. just like, we were all like friends. It was, gr- we, you know, bands were friendly with each yeah. other and I just happened to be the guy who had the little recording setup, yeah. and it was like, yeah, come, come in and record. Well, he knew what he whatever. was doing. That was the other and,
1: thing. Like, 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 at, least, like, did. at least I was yeah.
2: able to fake it. You yeah, know, yeah, that, like, yeah, yeah,
1: like yeah out of curiosity, what was the rig? Do you remember? Oh,
2: uh, yeah. Yeah. It was an ADAT machine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or maybe, maybe two ADAT machines, but yeah, it was ADAT machine. And okay. And so Patrick was a drummer in that yeah. band at the time. I like, I didn't know Patrick as a singer, but did you even sing? No, I didn't thing? sing. I, so the singing
3: happened very much by accident because I couldn't,
2: I was kind of, you know, it was weird.
3: Everyone kind of is finding their place. Sean was kind of figuring out, like, that he really wanted to record, and that was that was more your thing. Even though he's a very very good drummer, just kinda it just kind of was it doesn't, it doesn't come up all that much anymore. But right. but but <laughs> uh, but uh, I, and I was kind of one of these guys that was on the periphery, where there were there were a good two or three other drummers who were so good who were so much better than me <laughs> but, like i was about rocky yes rocky yeah. rocky and demar i mean those DeMar. those, those yeah, the two yeah. those two guys demar ended up in plain white tees yeah. we whenever bands would cuz you know drummers that's like one of the things that that's the premium that everyone's looking oh, for everyone's looking for a drummer is. in every in every, spe- in every <laughs> so, scene everyone's looking for the drummer yeah. um so every every good band would would go out for for rocky demar and then i was like the third guy you would call maybe you know uh, and i would <laughs> never and and i would never i would never give Get it, but I would always audition and stuff. I got That's in a couple funny. bands, but I was kind of like one of the also-rans, you know. And it was really frustrating for me because, huh. because I was like, you know, I just want to have a capacity to to write songs or be part of the songwriting or part of the part of that thing, part of the work. I like being in a studio. I knew I always knew I liked being in a studio, and I. And I I wanted to be part of the creative, and the drummer really didn't get to do that that much in the in the in the bands I was in. It was kind of you know you had a songwriter or songwriters, and you were, uh, you were on the outside. So, um, but yeah, I was I I had been a drummer, and the singing was literally it was me just being like I'll do anything if you guys let me write songs.
1: <laughs> was production kind of like that for you, I didn't know that. Sean, huh. like that you were a drummer, but. You wanted to have more involvement in the actual creative process and found production as your calling. I don't know. I,
2: I I don't know if I can say that. Um, I don't know. I I think I just was interested in recording, basically, <laughs> and I and definitely had the thing where. I was a drummer and I I played in bands, but like, yeah, the drummers around me, like the good drummers in the bands around me were noticeably like, holy, those (laughs) those guys are good. I better figure out something else. But
1: um, that's a good, it's really good, I think, to, and I think it actually (laughs) is really tough when you're young to realize maybe I'm not great at this one thing, but there's this other thing that I could probably kill at.
3: Well, and I think for a lot of a lot of people that get into recording, especially and songwriting, especially, is you realize like you look around and you see instrumentalists, proper instrumentalists. Like Rocky was a full-blown drummer, yeah. right? And was yeah, a very yeah. was he lived and breathed drumming and mm-hmm. was so so good at it. Yeah. And it was you, there was no competing with it, right? There was no yeah. chance that you were yeah, ever going to do life. it. Yeah, it's exactly. Like that's yeah. you're a real full-blown instrumentalist. And guys like Sean and I, and this is a thing that we kind of bonded on. It's like, well, I'm not the best drummer but i'm good enough and i'm not the best guitar player but i'm good enough i'm not the best anything but i can kind of play a lot of things right and you start to go like oh like maybe my my role is more like i know what everyone should do <laughs> you know kind of and <laughs> yeah. it kind of it kind of becomes produ- it kind of becomes producing you know what i mean like totally. not, what, not not like that arrogant i what everyone right, should do right, but right, you kind of right. know you have a way yeah. of communicating with other musicians that you know that maybe an instrumentalist a strict instrumentalist might not have, yeah. be, might 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 not be able to, because like one thing that I noticed pretty early on was like, oh, because I, because I'm kind of an okay drummer, you know, even though I'm not the best drummer, I can communicate better mm-hmm. with fr- with my drummer, yeah. you know, than than the other than the guitar players can, yeah. and because I'm, you know, I'm also a guitar player, you kind of become a, a and, and Sean's also a multi, multi-instrumentalist the I think link, that kinda, the language definitely yeah.
2: opens up it's yeah it it's, definitely helps well, doesn't it's, it? It's yeah. kind of, I was
3: listening to a conductor on NPR talk about you know how about you know having to understand the mechanics of every instrument in an orchestra and it's mm. kind of not I mean I can, mean, it's, I
1: can you know, confirm that's true because my dad's a conductor. oh yeah and uh, oh, no yeah he's like that's what he does and um, when he was in university. You know, back in the eighteen uh, hundreds, <laughs> he double majored in violin and percussion. Wow! And then, but also new piano and accordion of all things. <laughs> but uh, but that accordions a mystery. Yeah, to I, I, like, don't I don't know, know how that happened, but it yeah. did. Um, I think that was his first instrument. Yeah, that understanding is what let him to be world class at conducting. Well, and,
3: and and you have to be fluent in it. Is what I, was what they, were, what they were talking about. So you know, um, which I I I I don't want to make any. I don't really know anything on the scale of a of an actual conductor, but in a little punk rock sense, you know, when you're yeah. <laughs> when you're in a punk rock basement band, yeah, but you know what you
1: need to do, yeah, you know, for your world,
3: yeah, yeah exactly. And so, so you have an, you have a better idea, you know. It, it kind of just became connected tissue, and I think watching the way Sean kind of grew into a producer, it was very, it kind of extended out of that, where you know somebody in the room has to know how to tie it together. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're when you're in a basement, you know, and whatever one of the four or five of you has to have some idea of what of what, you know, the second guitar line should be, you know, yeah, or what the, yeah. you know, what this harmony line's going to be or what, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. And and so that was kind of pretty pretty early on that was the thing that I think everyone knew about Sean was mm-hmm. like was like when he was around, you were gonna you were gonna sound better. Huh. You know? Yeah,
1: this is an interesting thing that uh, actually someone I work with told me about. That there's uh, it's it's like a term from business, and mm-hmm. you know, sorry, business people, if, uh, <laughs> if I butcher this, but basically T right. shaped people versus I shaped people, and ba- an I shaped person is basically down the straight and narrow, mm-hmm. like an instrumentalist, the person who for mm-hmm. thirty years didn't go more than one day at a time without practicing guitar six right. hours. And that is their life. That is what they do. Right. I mean, they can write a little and they can, you know, maybe they can operate Pro Tools a little, but guitar, guitar, guitar. Yes. And that is what they do. And then there's T-shaped people who have like one thing that they're pretty damn good at, you know, like hmm. pretty damn good compared to most, but then there's a bunch of other things that they have a broad, more of a yeah. broad understanding in. So those are the people that usually can communicate the vision mm-hmm. and that's why they make good producers for instance or songwriters It it's interesting
2: yeah that is I mean it okay. makes a lot of
3: sense I feel like the sorry
2: no wait I have a question for you then because okay so I briefly knew you when, yeah. at that point right yeah but then and I'll Okay, and I'll get to when I discover that you were a singer, and I have <laughs> to tell a that story because <laughs> it's a fantastic story. Okay, but actually, my question is, and I guess I, I've actually never asked you this or really understood it. So, what the in between? So, when did you start doing that? Like, so in doing high school, singing, like in writing. So, I had always tried
3: to be a writer. That's like
2: the so for like me- from even from when you came in.
3: Yeah! Oh, yeah! Just, yeah. Okay. Uh, they they didn't really. I didn't know that. That band didn't really yeah. have. You know, the, it was kind of one of these things where, since I was a little kid, I I I would compose and write. I wasn't really one okay. of these people that would oh write. Shit, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't really one of these. I mean, I people I guess it that,
2: shouldn't be surprising. But
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I did that more. Uh, that led me to play instruments. That was more of the thing. As I okay. wanted to write. I wanted to. I wanted to compose, really, strictly melodically, harmonically. Oh. That was what I wanted to do, um, from the time I was really little. Like wow. I remember being. I remember um, my brother got the. Uh, it, so my brother and I shared a room, and he had this uh, Casio in the in the corner of the room. And he had gotten the soundtrack to 1989's Batman thinking it was going to oh, be man. the Danny Elfman that soundtrack,
1: is a good one. Uh, yeah.
3: which is amazing. But yeah. he got the Prince cassette by accident. Oh, he's I like, love, well, I don't I want this. And, he, and he's like, if you want this, you can have this. And I wore that thing out. I was obsessed with it. I was about five yeah. years old. And I, and I listened to that every day. But I also loved the, okay. the Danny Elfman score. And, so, and my brother had that, too. Huh. So I like I just obsessed over those two those two sides of that score. Interesting, and and it's it's really I feel like it's one of those things where if you listen to anything I've ever done, that should be obvious that totally. like, I was really it obsessed. Totally makes sense. I was yeah. really obsessed with the 1989 Batman soundtrack. That's and, and fantastic. All. But, um, but anyway, so it was me trying to do those things, huh. and and um I was kind of an, an ass when I was little. I didn't really want to study or practice, and I had. I could kinda I, I just could play drums. It wasn't a thing I had to practice at. Yeah, so, you right. know, not and and I think that kinda stunted me too, because I was never gonna be a shredder. But me not yeah, right, but me right. not practicing was 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 pretty decent. It was better than the other kids in the snare line or yeah. whatever. And um so I I kinda just relaxed on that. And I think in a lot of ways that's kinda how I fell into drums, but but um it was all it was always it was always with the bent of, like, I want to write your songs. And, uh, so were huh. drums
1: kind of like a means to an that. end, almost?
3: Kind of, I mean, kind of. At the, but then there's also a... They, they were in terms of, like, this is how I play in bands. But then there's also that innate, you know, I, I'm one of those people. I, I know a lot of us are. Most of us that do music... Are this, but where you'll be you'll be tapping on things and beating and beating mm-hmm. out rhythms on the table without knowing it or yeah. whatever. That's that's a very that's so I, I do think there's there's that kind of thing where it's well I didn't necessarily practice but I'm probably always practicing yeah. on yeah. some right. level you know right. in terms of limb independence I'll be driving and you know and whatever my left my you know I well my right foot's on the brake so my left foot's you know right, doing right. the doing the kick you know that's the that, that's the one that <laughs> needs more work anyway yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> exactly no totally and so so you find yourself subconsciously doing these things so. Drums kind of they weren't necessarily a means to an end, but I think I fell into them because I had the the earliest like start, you know, on them. Like where yeah, I yeah, where okay. guitar was a little bit harder for me. My dad's a guitar player, and and I would. Oh, I didn't know and, that. Yeah, so I would huh. I would kind of I would kind of you know my hands couldn't. He had a, he had this. Is uh, he a writer? Did he? Yeah, write? yeah, he wrote he wrote songs. He oh. still writes. He's out there really? playing songs. Um, but he had yeah. a uh, he used to have a twelve uh, string harmony. From you know sixties whatever that he took every other string off so that and he let us let us have as our guitar. That's cool. But it was so wide you know yeah, and, I, yeah, and you know you're a little kid and you can't yeah, get your hands. right great. That it. seems great. painful. It was very painful <laughs> and that's so so that's what I learned guitar on and I couldn't yeah, yeah, and I just couldn't get anything to happen. So drums I could just you know I could, I could you know flip over a bucket and make that happen. So. Yeah,
2: right. Wait okay I'm, well i'm just it's funny i'm just trying to piece together all this time between the drumming and and when I discovered you as a singer because I literally never thought about well i that never for i reason. never
3: thought of me singing that was never yeah. part of the thing the me singing happened because progressively it got less i got more and more frustrated with the the lack of capacity to contribute to the music, yeah, okay. you know, like I, I okay. was, I just, all I wanted to do, the only reason I wanted to be in bands was to be part of writing the music and part of the, of the, there's something about, when, when I was a little kid, I got a, um, a tape recorder from my grandparents, uh, this little blue tape recorder, and it blew my mind that, I could take that tape recorder and take my mom's tape recorder, I'd borrow my mom's, and I would press record. You know, I would press record, sing into it, and then I could play it back on the other one and yeah, press record, yeah. it, and I could start layering things. Yeah. And I and it was That's it was amazing. It was the it was coolest cool. thing, and That's it was the so best exciting. I had a similar and, yeah. And, yeah. No, I mean I think Same we've here. all yeah, yeah. yeah. we yeah. all, yeah. all yeah. done that. It's the coolest thing, right? Yeah. And it was such yeah. a like you know eye opening thing. Like you know you're playing with harmonies, and and that was really what composition was to me was the idea of of I can layer these things together, and so. It was kind of interwoven with recording to me. It's mm-hmm. um, cool, but but I but I was in bands and they wouldn't let me do it. Right. You know, totally. you're, it's like it was this thing. It's the silliest thing. I don't know where it comes from. Even though all the drummers that I know are like the most musically capable people I know, but but they're like, oh well, drummers aren't musicians. You know,
1: I think that especially in the late '90s and stuff, there was that stigma about drummers. Yeah. I don't I don't know if it's true so much anymore. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I, don't, don't do. I, don't I know exactly what more. you're talking <laughs> about.
3: Wow, what a weird thing it was, though. It was this big cultural thing. It was almost like, you know, the dumb blonde jokes where it was yeah, like totally. the drummer jokes. Absolutely. It was like this, yeah. this stereotype that came out of nowhere where you're like, what? <laughs> like, like I mean, the guy that has the most limited independence, I don't, I right,
1: don't know. Right, 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 right. It, it's weird. At least uh, the thing I've noticed huh. coming from the metal world mm-hmm. is uh, drummers have gotten a lot better. So I do think they're respected a lot more. Like, I remember maybe mm. when I started, like, recording professionally in, like, 2002 or three just getting someone to play to a click was like, was like, I was like asking them to like hurt a family member or well, something. Yeah, I
3: mean, people used to get so offended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It. It's, it's, it's such a, especially, I think it's something like metal where it's like part of the, the weight of it Absolutely. is how, is how much everything's landing on the, on exactly that same rhythm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really funny. I, I, um, I want, or, or, you know, and there's also stylistic choices. I remember recording with a guy, um, when I was a drummer and, uh, and my when we were listening back, he had my kick just almost inaudible, and it, it was it was kind of like a kind of like a skate punk band, right? And and my kick drum was just not there, and I'm like, this is like ninety percent of this band yeah, totally. right? yeah, 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 is yeah, that yeah. one instrument? And he's yeah, like, totally. he's like, well, you didn't use very many dynamics, and I'm like, come on, basically, right? oh, okay. <laughs> like, like turn like, the fader off. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, no, but anyway, but the but the click okay. thing that's that's one of those ones that you know I have learned a lot about that. On on working on uh, take this to your grave was the Me too. was the way was the way you can you can groove within a click absolutely you know? is that like that's almost it's funny people people will be like oh I don't need a click I mean you can't feel the beat and it's like no it's harder I think to like feel the beat within the click you know to, to feel your groove within a click I mean that's like yeah it's hard it's like tough it's like yeah
1: plus. This is a big one, I think. Uh, you can program clicks to speed up and slow oh, down, yeah. so which yeah. I do all the yeah, time, well, you
3: know, depending on what it is. But yes, you can, and it's like so. There's no reason not. To. Yeah, it's it's a very so. Well, you know, I, I guess you know maybe in the days of because I, I I know we're all all old enough to have dealt with tape and probably yes. <laughs> had a had a had a recording where where we had to, you know, record a metronome track. <laughs> yep. Um, totally. yep, So, yeah. So if you've That's ever done clear. that, yeah. And if you've ever done that, then you know that, that well, you couldn't program that, <laughs> you know? But yep. True. <laughs> but otherwise, you know.
2: I got to give the story then of when I discovered you yeah. were a singer. Um, because, okay, so from that gap of when, I guess, you're 14 to... When when uh, was that? I was then? about
3: seventeen, so it was really 17. about three years uh, from the time we you met. To still time. in high school. Yeah, oh, I was still high, still okay. very much in high school, and and so yeah, the background was I I just got sick and tired of no one letting me write songs, and that was the yeah. only reason I had. I I even wow. tried to sing.
1: So, did you have songs written, or were you just yeah. okay? Oh,
3: yeah. yeah I, I had written. You know, I, I was always writing, and you know, it's also one of those things where in high school, I think everyone writes poetry of some of some kind, and and then I <laughs> yes. grew out of that very much. Huh. But you know, but that so that made it easy. But I, it was always about the composition. It was always about the. I really want the syncopation of what this guitar is doing against this bass line. That kind of stuff was always huh. what I wanted to do, and no one would let me have any say in that unless I sang it.
2: <laughs> it's interesting how the, then like. Following essentially became like the first real time for you to basically like explode with those ideas, right? Yeah, or yeah,
3: no? yeah. Because no one would really let me. Like, it, yeah, uh, okay, yeah. I, 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 like I didn't really real get to. I, I didn't really get to. I like I said, I would get. I and I got better as a drummer, so I was getting in better and better bands, um, and people would you know seek me out to be in bands, but they still wouldn't let me. <laughs> yeah, interesting. <laughs> I still okay. couldn't write anything.
2: Okay, so okay, so. This is how I remember it, and you tell me if I'm wrong, because it could be wrong. But, um, okay, so fast-forwarding the few years, right? And I'm, I'm making a record for our friend's band uh, called Knockout. Yes. Uh, Damar, yeah. who's now in the T's, yeah. was in Knockout. Damar, the,
3: the great drummer. The yeah. great drummer, yeah. yeah.
2: And Knockout had just been signed to an indie label, and this was like the first, this was the first real quote-unquote record I had ever made. And on, the first, and world. by
3: the way, also, it's kind of this thing that gets forgotten in the annals of history, that was the first of any of our friends' bands yep. to, like, get a deal, yep. like, somewhere. They yep. were, that was, like, a really big thing. for yeah, A huge moment. This, band, this band, Knockout. Fearless
2: Records, oh, Fearless. I'm yeah, pretty okay. sure. Yeah. yeah. And it was a huge thing, because we were all in this, playing these basement yeah. shows and all this for stuff. For all and, of us, for and every and, single, you know,
3: for all of these little bands, that was, like, that was a that was, like, a a big big thing so just big out thing. of curiosity
1: yeah. just uh, yeah. not to derail you I'm just curious yeah. about this so when your friends band got signed back then and it was that big of a deal like you guys yeah. are saying uh, did your local scene support them or hate them um, it, well the weird
3: thing about that scene was it wasn't really coalesced enough the, mm. it was it was this kind of thing that flew under the radar so, so it was the funniest thing in Chicago we had this scene that supported itself very much but it was really pretty small. Yeah, yeah. And when we would go to play shows at, you know, Fireside or, you know, if any of us got lucky enough to play Metro or whatever, yeah. you were really playing with Midwestern emo bands, like <clears throat> really noodly, really technical emo bands, uh, you know, old old mm-hmm. old style emo, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Or you were playing with um, like Fat Records pop punk bands um, and there was a there was a really solid scene of those kinds of bands and they hated all of this stuff <laughs> they, they, they all none of those bands wanted anything to do with totally. us um, so it was really kind of a lot of these misfit bands that you know it was kind of pop punk but then there were also we all kind of came out of there was a, a there were kind of semi hardcore bands in there too and semi ska bands. You were in a ska yeah, band? Like, too, were, yeah. it was it was all this yeah. kind of like basically any of the bands that couldn't get arrested in the in the in the, you know, in the old fashioned emo thing or in the in the Fat Records pop punk thing, yeah. we all got we all kinda came together, you know. Yeah. So it was a very supportive scene. I think after I, I would assume later it became not as supportive, but but at the time this was a this was, you know, this was a big, big deal for all it of was. us. It was.
2: It was really cool. Yeah, and yeah. it was like, whole, yeah, okay. So a few years later, Knockout got signed. I'm making the record. And during and I'm making it at my little studio um, that we you know, were doing all these records at and where I met Patrick. And during the course of that record, uh, Pete, who I knew and was friends with the band, uh, was hanging out during those sessions. And and this is the part I'm pretty sure I'm right, but I'm curious if I'm wrong. Uh, Pete would he he uh, he would come by and go, hey Sean. Um, I'm starting. Uh, I've started a new band, uh, and I think he even referred to it as it's kind of a joke band. I it was guys, a joke band. Yeah, very guys, mu- we
3: were very much a joke okay, band. At the right. Time. Okay. Okay. I can't be yeah. sure.
2: Yeah. And he was
3: like, "It's kind of a joke," but he goes, "Well, because Pete uh, was it was formally in Armangelis, and they were touring with like Hatebreed and stuff. It was like a it was like right, a real yeah. band. So like okay. it wasn't. It would have been stupid at the time to to leave leave that band for some okay. silly pop punk band. It just didn't really. It was more of th- more of a thing he was doing for fun. Interesting. And whatever."
2: So he would, I remember he had a cassette and he's like, I got demos. Would you listen to them and consider recording us? And he goes, Patrick is the singer. And I go, Patrick's the singer? <laughs> and, and he's like, Yeah. And so this was during the course of me making my first record for a label. You know, I'm working 20 hours a day or whatever. And, and and I didn't listen to it. And, and Pete would come back and he'd be like, You listen to that, that demo? I was like, I haven't listened to it yet. Like, you listen to that demo? I haven't listened to it yet. And then one day we're doing background vocals for the Knockout record. It's in the afternoon, and Jeff, the singer, I assume it was Jeff or one of the guys, says, uh, we're going to have Patrick come by, and he's going to do harmonies on one song. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard Patrick's like a singer. I'm like, all right, cool.
1: Did you have that, uh, that feeling you get sometimes when you hear that a member of a band's going to do some vocals, and it's like, fuck Kind of, got it, got it, got it. You know what? I, 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 can, I, I can
3: confirm that he did. <laughs> yeah, got it, okay, Because get I, I walked into the booth and it was very much because also context. You got to understand, Sean had only ever recorded me when I was I was the the you know okay drummer. I was also 14 at the time yeah, when I yeah, recorded, yeah. and dream, I was the okay drummer in a not-so-good band. Right, you know? right, right. Okay, so so okay. that's all he knew about me. He had no <laughs> no reason to think I was going to do anything but suck in there.
2: Which probably made for even a better <laughs> like, turn out of the story, because okay, so I remember... Patrick coming in, and before you even went in the booth, I think we were talking about getting food, like Subway. Mm-hmm. I think Subway, and if I can say that, but, and we were say making an we order, want. and I remember you specifically going, I'm hungry, but I don't want to eat until after I'm done singing. Yes, this is true. Okay, good. Uh, I'm glad, because I've told this story a few times. Yeah, so so uh, that's 100% true. <laughs> and, and I was like, alright, alright. And so, Patrick goes in to do harmonies on one, one song. One it was just going to be
3: one background thing.
2: And like, in my memory, killed it, and I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" And I was like, "Holy shit!" Not only I was like, "You said you sound awesome," <laughs> but I was like, "These harmonies are great," and pat like just in like Patrick's like nature of, of of harmony and melody, he's like pumping them out, and and the band, the guys in the band, I think were like a lot of bands were not so uh, they that wasn't their forte it was doing harmonies, mm-hmm. right? And so we had this whole yeah, so with they were so
3: they so we yeah they they had they had this this. Harmonic thing, but but they none of them were really harmony singers. So there was yeah. a lot of yeah. there was they, they had like all of them could sing. I think, I think but none I think of them, so, but none of them degree, really, yeah. but
1: all of them kind of were like the lead singer. Meanwhile, so, you yeah. had spent all this time yeah. Yeah. in secret, secret developing yeah. harmonies yeah. and layerings. Yeah, with my yeah. tape recorder. Yeah. Yeah. And,
2: yeah, and so boom. So this comes out, and all of a sudden, it's like to me, it's like like holy shit all of a sudden this now sounds like a a, a record that i'm used to hear you know like this yeah. is the final layer and and i just remember i was I remember it is. I was like, "That's it." I was like, "You're doing the rest <laughs> yes. of these songs, well, yeah, <laughs> or like one more." Or I was like, "We need you on another,
3: yes, something like that." And you're I, like, okay. "And it was I was like all night, and I didn't eat for it, I, it
2: went. It went on. I had Patrick do harmonies on. I'm pretty sure it's like nine or ten out of the eleven songs on that yeah. record, if not all
3: of them. In, in one sitting, um, and I didn't eat until didn't until, eat until, eat, until yeah. we were done. <laughs> yeah.
2: That was the best part. Is the guy's freaking starving? Yeah. It was okay though. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. and so.
3: Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, too. I mean, for me, that was like the coolest thing because all I wanted was some was to have some capacity to influence the harmonic structure of music. Like that, you know. Some. I I was never. You know, I never wanted to be the lead guitar player. I never wanted to be the like the star of a thing. I, but when I was playing drums, I didn't get to be any part Like a bass player can change can change the you know change it from the root to the to a, yeah. to a suspension right and mm-hmm. that's like yeah. that's so much power that a bass player has right a drummer you can change a lot but you never really impact the harmony the, the harmonic structure yeah and and that was like the coolest thing for me like to you know like someone was finally letting me do that and I was like and I was like sure I'll, I'll stay yeah. here all night yeah. you know I think yeah. my mom was was like where are you that's <laughs> you know? great it's interesting
1: Good. I just wanted to say you've been talking about harmonic structure a lot. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about um, just in my notes was about melody writing mm-hmm. and obviously without great harmonic movement and structure and getting that right, y- there's not going to be a good melody that can come of it. So was was that the goal?
3: Oh, yeah. And it's so funny because I feel like I, I know you know this, I know we all know this because we all work in music and we all it's like, you know, beating your head against a wall no one even on the periphery ever gets that it's always like melody 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 and you're like the melody is the least important thing really i mean at the end of the day and i know that sounds ridiculous but mm. it, the melody is entirely dependent on on what's happening around 90%. it it's it's or or and and even even what's implied so even if you have a um you know i was thinking of that zombie song um where it starts off and it's just a it's just a, a lead vocal solo it's so much of what makes that vocal work, even though it's a solo vocal, is the implied harmonics of what's happening. Totally. What, what you're being led to believe the chord structure is mm-hmm. is is what moves it. So without the without the harmony, the melody means nothing to me. And that's and that's always one of the things that I I get mm-hmm. really frustrated with is is it's one of the reasons why I kind of quit the songwriter for hire thing um, because when you're in a when you're in a songwriting session, you you're with somebody else and. And I like to, I'm like, what are the hard things to do? I think the hardest thing is to find the lyric because that's, especially in pop songs, that's the that's the thing everyone walks away remembering. That's the hard part, really. Mm. Um, the groove, that's like... The other—that's the other thing. If you have—if there are songs, terrible songs that have a good lyric and a good groove, and everything else is awful, oh, right? yeah, Just that, to that work. The very successful songs that have a great groove and a and a and a really solid lyric and garbage everything else, right? So that's you're mm. already most of the way there. But every time people be like, you know, melody, melody, and they start humming or or something, I'm like, don't do that. Don't even don't even be tempted to do that. Figure out the rest of it first, and then it's like. It's almost like writing dialogue. I was I read a screenwriting book one time and they talked about like dialogue, the fun part. Do that last because that's the hard part. You have to earn that kind of when you're when you're working on it. It's like you know that you can write the dialogue. That you have to build the story first. You have to build the whatever. You have to build the framework of what you're going to be, what your characters are going to be interacting in. And that's how I, I think about melody. Is like melody is the fun part. Get to that last because if you don't have the backbone of the song, your melody doesn't matter at all. You know. That's awesome. So you can
1: just. <laughs> not to trivialize great melodies, but you know that's the part that you can improvise and emote and yeah. get yeah. inspired over. But you're right; without setting the stage for it, it's nothing. And it, that's it's the same w- not just with vocals, with like great guitar no, solos. I mean, like that Hotel California solo yeah. would not be what it is without that harmonic movement. No, no question, and
3: I think that's one of the things. I also think it's a problem as a singer with with vocals is that people don't really tend to think of vocals as an instrument. don't ten, don't tend to think of it in terms of what it's doing melodically within a harmonic structure. Even I, when I started, I I found myself um, I was on I was on a record with uh, Neil Avron who produced us after after the, we worked with Sean, and I was I was in the booth for something. And there was a passing note. I can't remember. It was just in between, you know, two two notes. I had this little run, and he's like, well, "What note is that? What what note are you trying to hit there?" And I'm like, "I don't know." And he's like, "You should know. Yeah. <laughs> you should have a plan for every everything your voice is doing should be a note. You know, I mean, it's it, it shouldn't be, even if you're even if you're doing some sort of portamento thing, you should still know exactly where yeah. you're
2: starting, where you're ending." It's interesting how a lot of singers sometimes don't—they don't know that—and I, I don't mean it in a, in a bad way, but no, they like, really don't. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, like sometimes if 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 I'll be in the studio with a singer who's having a hard time, I'll ask, like, can you you know can you play that yeah. on the piano? Do you know that melody? And they'll sometimes it'll take them a while to find it, and, and yeah. And I think, but it's cool. I've, i at least I've seen times when they do find it and they make some connection. And it's like, oh, holy cow! Oh like, yeah, I mean, it's, these are just like <laughs> no. I mean, it's 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 a huge part of it. In fact,
3: yeah. on uh, take this to your grave. There's a there's a moment. Maybe it's on where's your boy. I, I mm. would I would love for it to be on where's your boy because that was such a like landmark song for us as mm. re- re- in recording. But but um, where there was a harmony that I was working on and I kept kind of singing it out and you're like, and you're like, it was it was it was a three part harmony. And my first part um, layered really well, but then my second part, I kept going into this kind of rubby seventh or something, or 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 a or a unison somewhere. I can't remember what it was. And you and you and you and you said, you know, Patrick, go figure it out in oh, trials. Really? Yeah. Rubby, do you mean that oh. it
1: kind of just not like hits you the wrong way? Yeah, it just well there was something you know something doesn't jive. Yeah, with it.
3: yeah. It, it was just it was just rubbing wrong. It was just sounding wrong together. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, and you were like. You were going like go sit at the piano and figure out in triads. You know what 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 are you playing in all in all the vocal parts? And I was like, oh oh, this. It was a it was something like that where it was a seventh or a ninth that. When you sing it as a melody, because I was thinking of it as a lead part, whatever. When you sing it as a melody, it sounded really cool against the chord structure, but with what's already happening in the, you know, I think it created. You know what it was? I do remember this. Whatever it Mm. was, it created a minor second in something the guitar was doing. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, and and Mm. so it was like, so it was like, well, just don't do that.
1: Yeah, let's just not do that. Let's just not do that. (laughs) So you said you were untrained, but obviously you're not untrained. It's, where did where did you pick that up?
3: Um, just kind of watching and listening. Um, and, and I have kind of studied a lot, especially since I was doing the scoring thing. Um, you kind of can't, even though I know a lot of guys who get away with it just with, you know, well, this is, you know, I, I wrote it in Logic and this is what the thing is. You still, you know, you hire strings and, and they they have questions that... Yes, they do. You, that you can't really answer if you don't really know... Yeah. You know what you're talking about, so so I have had to study a lot. I, I probably learned more about um, the terminology for music theory in the past, uh, you know, three years than I than I did the entire time I was, huh. you know, working on records. You know, yeah. It's like, but it's so, but it's still, it's one of those things too, where a lot of it makes sense. That's the thing I think that's scary for a lot of people about music theory is that like it sounds so strange and scary, but then you're like, no, no, no. I mean, it's um, it's. Um, like uh howard hanson's concept of of dissonance and consonance where it's like dissonance are just the ones that sound funny next to each other that's all it is and sometimes you want that sometimes you don't that's all it is is that you know yep. and 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 you know that implicitly everyone knows that when you hear you know even if you don't really understand music you know that you know like the the twilight zone theme you know that those notes are rubbing to e- rubbing against each other mm-hmm. that's the intended effect that's what it sounds like you know mm-hmm.
1: I think also people are afraid of it because there's this myth that it's going to rob them of their creativity. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's a big total bullshit. You lose
3: the innocence. I couldn't agree more. I feel like that's one of those things that you know I I have a lot of Berkeley friends, and they would always tell me, "Oh, you don't want to, you don't want to learn this stuff. It's it's just going to ruin you. You're never going to know how to write and all this other stuff." And it's such nonsense. I really think it is because Hmm. because to me, I'm like, if anything, the more I learn, the more I'm like, oh. That is, it's just a shortcut to what, what you hear in your head where you're like, and, yeah. and you also, you can dissect records in a way where you're like, or dissect music in a way where you're like, oh, I thought he was doing this. This is what they're actually doing. You know, yeah. the, like when you, you know, these little things chor- harmonically where you're like, that's the purpose of this chord. That's the purpose of this rhythm. Even, even things like I was... I was uh reading the other day about um uh, you know micro rhythms the, and and it's all these things that we do without thinking about you know where you know oh the snare is late on the you know <laughs> whatever yeah. you 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 do these things implicitly but when you have some sort of nomenclature for it some sort of language for it you're like oh I know how to how to communicate this now you know yeah.
2: I mean it makes sense it's like if if you found something in your creative flow that starts to work for you and even if if you don't fully understand it 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 is it makes sense that it's it's easy to become scared of losing that you know yeah. it's like if if i if i learn this i'm i'm totally scared like i'm going to i'm going to lose what's, what's good it. and but yeah totally and and i think that yeah it is it is often i find it to be often, often it's true that when you learn something, you just get better. It's like,
1: hey, like, but, but <laughs> it's like, <"Horses."> uh, <laughs> wow, okay. what an idea. <laughs> My take on it is that because I went to Berkeley, I know mm-hmm. those people that are like harmonic wizards who write total garbage. Like most of the instructors, mm-hmm. um, the funniest thing was that in an arranging class. Uh, the teacher who was just like a walking encyclopedia of arrangement, theory, all that stuff, she played us her music because she just got it recorded. And it was like the worst thing I've ever heard. But my, my take okay. is that uh, they weren't going to write good stuff anyways. It, like, the, it's independent of each other. Harmonic knowledge and talent for writing are not—they're two independent variables. And if you put them together, like someone that is a good writer and they know their shit, that's awesome. Absolutely. But well, it's not one or the other.
3: Well, it's funny you mentioned that. I, uh, my brother um, has no particular... He hasn't really carried on with a particular interest in music, but he's a very gifted writer. When we were, little, when we were kids, he, he's about five years older than me, and when huh. we were kids, he would sit there and plunk out these songs. And one of his, his best buddies ended up um, teaching theory at, at Yale. And, and, um, and he was so frustrated with like, this is a guy who spent his whole life devoted it to music and the study of it. And my brother would sit at a piano and just not really thinking, just plunk out something really catchy and really, Mm -hmm. really, Mm really, you would, you would find yourself humming. And he's like, how do you do that? (laughs) You know, his, his friends like, how do you do that? That's ridiculous. And my brother's like, I don't know. You know, and, but (laughs) there is an innate thing where some people I think just, you just write or you just. Compose or whatever, and and I think it's it's a funny thing too, where they it's like you said they're not they don't have to be mutually exclusive, but they're not one doesn't necessarily guarantee the other. You know,
1: absolutely not, and it I mean. It's. I don't think though that getting good at one is going to negate the other. Yeah, I don't think so. Either. Absolutely, like you said, the more you learn, the right? Better the you more get. you know. Well, not to mention, <laughs> I also think
3: that we have a. We do tend to. There's a, a certain degree of snobbery that I'm guilty of too. Sometimes, where right. you think of somebody who isn't trained as not being capable of writing, and then, and then you're disproven about that all the time. Yeah. I mean, some people mm-hmm. just write really great songs without having really any clue what they're doing. You know. Yeah. So
1: totally. Yeah. Hey everybody, if you're enjoying this podcast, then you should know that it's brought to you by URM Academy. URM Academy's mission is to create the next generation of audio professionals by giving them the inspiration and information to hone their craft and build a career doing what they love. You've probably heard me talk about Nail the Mix before, and if you're a member, you already know how amazing it is. At the beginning of the month, Nail the Mix members get the raw multitracks to a new song by artists like Lama God. Opeth, Meshuggah, Bring Me the Horizon, Gojira, Asking Alexandria, Machine Head, and Papa Roach, among many, many others. Then at the end of the month, the producer who mixed it comes on and does a live streaming walkthrough of exactly how they mix the song of the album and takes your questions live on the air. You'll also get access to MixLab, our collection of dozens of bite-sized mixing tutorials that cover all the basics, and Portfolio Builder, which is a library of pro-quality multi-tracks cleared for use in your portfolio so your career will never again be held back by the quality of your source material. And for those who really, really want to step up their game, we have another membership tier called URM Enhanced, which includes everything I already told you about and access to our massive library of fast tracks, which are deep, Super detailed courses on intermediate and advanced topics like gain staging, mastering, loan, and so forth. It's over 50 hours of content, and man, let me tell you, this stuff is just insanely detailed. Enhanced members also get access to one-on-one office hours, sessions with us, and Mix Rescue, which is where we open up one of your mixes on a live video stream, fix it up, and talk you through exactly what we're doing at every step. If any of that sounds interesting to you, if you're ready to level up your mixing skills and your audio career, head over to urm.academy slash enhanced to find out more. I just went to Denmark, like, you know, for the last yeah. nail the mix, and uh, the guy that we worked with, his name's... Uh, Jacob Hansen, great producer, great mixer. He does all this European metal stuff. And we were doing, we did a a class about mixing orchestra Mm
2: -hmm.
3: with metal.
1: And we're using the newest Flesh God Apocalypse, which uh, is like one of the most extreme bands on the planet. But the guy in the band that writes the orchestration is a legitimate orchestrator. Uh, Jacob, who was the instructor and the mixer, um, knows zero about. (laughs) theory, orchestration, yet he, the mix is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. So mm. I totally do think whether it's a writer or a producer or mm. mixer, you don't have to know that stuff. Like if you, what's most important is how you Hear it in your head, and whether or not you can translate it. But if you do want to communicate with string players, if you want to communicate yeah. with mm. an orchestra, you better speak their language.
3: Well, especially when you're—that's mm. the thing—is when you're when you're when it's a couple buddies in a basement or whatever. It's it's easy to use, you know, shorthand but when when there's you know 70 players that you know are there on a they're they're on a schedule they don't have any vested interest in what you're doing yeah. they don't care you yeah. know uh, that's one of the things that is really funny when you record when you record strings or or choir or something really quickly you learn like oh this is a job <laughs> they're, they're they're here to work they don't care about your song they're not you know like, interesting like, yeah you tell them what they need to do and they're gonna do it, and then yeah. the second that clock is up they're out they're yeah, out of the room right, you know? right, right. <laughs> so um, so yeah definitely it helps to to know what you're talking about so hmm.
1: so back to talking about when you shocked him with vocals right. uh, how did you get them you said you were having trouble getting people to take you seriously enough to let you do any vocals how did you them to let you do vocals in the first place, to where yeah. anyone even recommended it to him.
3: Well, so the the you know I've told this story a lot, so so I'll try not to give the canned version. But the 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 band basically Pete and Joe had wanted to start a pop punk band or something melodic, something something more fun because they had been in really they were doing exclusively really heavy bands, and that was and that was all they did, and um, they just wanted to play around with something you know fun and. I, I was, I my last band had broken up, and it and there had been a pretty long drought. I was kind of surprised. I would It was the, usually it was pretty easy for me to get into bands and I would audition for stuff and and get something or whatever, and there was this long, kind of I can't remember how long it was, but you know in in teenage terms it felt like eons, you know, mm-hmm. where I where no one was no one was really letting me play in their band or whatever, and uh, I bumped into Joe, and he was talking about. Uh, Pete Wentz uh, and you know that they were putting together a band I'm like Wentz like he's like in real bands that, like hmm. tour and stuff like and I was like well I'll s- I want to see what that is I want to see what the vibe is and Joe had said they're looking for a guitar player a singer and a drummer that's you know right at the point it was just Pete huh. and Joe and I'm like and I was kind of bluffing because I'd only ever played drums in bands, but I was like, I could do one of those, I'm sure, in a pop punk band, sure, whatever. Yeah. I was being kind of arrogant because like <laughs> awesome. I didn't take pop punk very seriously. I'm like, sure, whatever, <laughs> one of those, I'm sure I could do. And um, <laughs> but I went in kind of with an agenda of like, I'm going to play my song, I'm going to play a couple songs for them, and you know, and see what you know, see if I can get them to take my songs because that's all I really wanted. I wanted to make songs and make mm-hmm. music, really, and. Um, but i had my kit set up in the corner knowing that that was what was going to be the thing <laughs> they come over i play them a couple songs and i it wasn't even in my mind to even consider being a singer it, i was huh. at most i was like well i could be the rhythm guitar player you know and who does maybe backups or something but i hmm. it, that was never even a thought of mine Interesting. Okay, um, yeah. and i play the, i play a couple songs And they lean over to each other and Pete goes, I think this guy should sing. And Joe Joe had told him that, by the way. Joe had heard something I had done. I posted some song somewhere. Again, I think I was trying to just get people to let me write songs. And I posted on like mp3.com or something, you know, whatever. A song that I had written or something. And Joe had heard that and he's like, oh, this guy can sing. I didn't, they knew before I did. And it was kind of like, you should sing. And I'm like, what would you think of the song? You know, whatever. (laughs) And... um, (laughs) and uh, it really okay. it really started from there so so it was kind of i mean it's really like one of those you know those disney movies from the 90s where he, you know like the kid had no clue yeah. you <laughs> know like where you just find out that you're really that you're you know that you can throw a you can throw a really throw the football really far it was just oh, one of those yeah. things i had no idea it wasn't and and the other thing too that's huh. weird to me is i didn't know that that that, that wasn't a thing everyone could do I had no, sing? yeah, uh, I had no idea. Right, right. I, you know, I hadn't really had a lot of experience with other people singing, mm. so I didn't know that it was. I thought everyone could sing to some degree,
1: you know. If only that were true. Yeah,
3: yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no, no, right. no, I just, <laughs> But I, I just didn't. I, I, I huh. had never experienced people singing really badly. I guess I don't know, and so I didn't know that what that, that I, you know. Um, and I also kind of had a I had the blind luck of being a drummer, so my rhythm was pretty good, so I could I could do a lot of that. And that also that was the other thing too is because I was a drummer, then we're doing all these stacked harmonies and they were lining up really well, you
2: know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: which so, is huge. So yeah.
1: Was it a major relief for you? Like went in there and knocked it out, and you're like
2: Fuck when yeah. he d- w- during when he did those background vocals? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. It was huge. Yeah. Yeah. It was a relief for the record I was working on because it made. Um, made the record better. It made me feel like um, it, it. I looked better because like I had this like extra element in the record, you know, like my ego or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and um,
3: Sean was amazing at record. I can't. I can't stress enough. Like for what we had to work with, it, it was pretty magical going into Sean's studio. I still listen to those records and I'm like, or I listen back on those and I'm like, it's crazy that it's crazy how we pulled this together. You know, now, you know, it, this was a this was a long time ago. So now it it would be fairly easy to make a record sound like that. At the time, it was a lot of work and it was I was very impressed mm-hmm. with like I'm still impressed with how good we made those records sound. I am like, too
2: actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just like I think back to that, it just has to be we were just totally determined basically and like had an endless amount of energy and yeah.
1: We're talking about youthful energy. I remember those days uh, of, I I can't do it anymore, but like 36-hour long sessions just going for it.
3: Oh, man. Yeah, no, we we did all of that. And that was the other thing too is I think Sean and I both had this like kid in a candy store kind of thing where when you have an excuse to like stay up till you know six in the morning working on like i remember remember the the feedback we 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 spent we spent fucking hours on just like okay just to on remember. the feedback yeah. on, there's yeah. there's this uh somewhere on take this your grave i think it's between two songs there's this there's this like feedback yeah. that goes on for like 30 or 40 seconds yeah we could not have spent more time you know, getting that just so. You know, okay. <laughs> we want to because there's like there's layers of it where and then the, and then it plays across the stereo field where one comes in on the right oh, and then one man. comes on the left and there's one that comes down down the middle and we're like no that's too soon that one should come here and and we mm. and and I think we actually were going in and we couldn't I don't think we had melodyne or anything at the time but we were yeah, we were I going know, in and trying yeah. to tune them like by 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 like you know uh, by you know we were trying to get it to work and and so if it if it uh, if it wasn't Making exactly the right note, then then you know we would go back and record me standing a little bit further from the from the amp or whatever. We were we really you know, and it's this thing that I no one cares about. Yeah, <laughs> no one cares it, about now. You know no one cared about it then, but the, or the the, even in the, even <laughs> in right. the band, we, we showed it to the band that and they're like, up. "Cool." Yeah. But the two of us were like, "Oh like, man!" This like is, yeah, yeah, we spent all night. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's funny, yeah. I, actually, totally randomly, I was driving the other day in my iTunes, like, uh, in my car, if I, like, just mm-hmm. get in, sometimes it just shuffles iTunes or whatever, mm-hmm. and and a f- that song came on from Take This to Your Grave. Yeah. And I listened through and, you know, I hadn't heard it in forever and I was like, ah, oh, and, and then in the end happened with that feedback and I had completely forgotten we did it, which is so funny because i other than that happening yeah. a few weeks ago I haven't heard that probably in 15 years yeah, no, me- yeah. and I do remember thinking like ah oh, that's like pretty like like orchestrated or <laughs> yeah, something yeah, like okay. okay like we worked so hard yeah. on the damn feedback <laughs> that's pretty good
3: but yeah it's those kind of things you know i mean we it, you know when you're yeah when you're because we were we were just not teenagers. Yeah. I think I still was actually.
2: But, you were a teenager, but, yeah. But
3: like, so you know, you have that thing, and like, there's also that thing where you're, if, it, when you're the kind of person that wants to be in a studio, and you have an excuse to be in a studio. It's yeah. like we're gonna. Yeah. It's a yeah. really cool thing. Oh, it's yeah. amazing.
2: Yeah. Like you, you were sleeping there for a while. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, oh, totally. Like. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So I, it, I have. Along these lines, this is this mm-hmm. is maybe my all-time one of my favorite stories, um, and I think I've maybe told it once before publicly. Um, but um, uh, okay, so when when we were making when we were making the record, um, we okay, and again, you have to stop me if this is wrong okay. because this is how I remember <laughs> should, it. Uh, at least. it yeah. So when we were making the record, we we were up at like in smart studios, a nice like full-blown recording studio cutting like the rhythm section or guitars and yep. drums and guitars. Um, and and we did your scratch vocal there. Yes. And we cut, we cut those guitars to tape. We were on a tape machine. And... They have like they have a, a super fancy mic collection. They had a Neumann U forty seven, a ten thousand dollar microphone. Okay,
3: yeah. Which, which I asked if we could record on. They're like, no, no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Deny. They, they right. us see
2: it. They, right. let us, they let us see it, but. I, And I thought, okay, so maybe this is wrong, but I thought we did a scratch vocal. They had a two fifty one that yes, we couldn't they, record at. That yeah. was yeah. And and they had. And I'm pretty sure we did a scratch vocal on their forty seven to the tape machine just as a guide vocal. No? Okay, I, so I thought they told us we couldn't use the forty-seven
3: because that's, the capsules degrade over time. You know, that's the, the
2: two fifty-one. Well, I, I, I
3: mean am, the but forty-seven does too. The, the, oh no, no, totally. The, yeah,
2: I, I meant like um, because uh, other times I brought bands up there. The two fifty-one was always the one off limits because it was Shirley's mic. Um, oh yes, yeah, so yeah, yeah. But there, I thought the forty-seven wasn't that like Curt's mic or something. Wasn't that the deal?
3: That's the two fifty-one. That is the two fifty-one. Yeah. Okay, so we were allowed to
2: use the, the forty-seven yeah, then. And I'm 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 certain only because I've 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 used it on many other okay. occasions, but also if we didn't, this whole story goes to
3: shit. Wait, so <laughs> so is
1: it, was it was not an upcharge? To no, use no, no, the, no,
3: no, no. So, no. You, so because garbage owned the studio, yeah. and and they had they had this two fifty one that was yeah. that yeah. was a, that was used on uh, in utero, yeah. And then it became uh, Shirley Manson's mic. It was yeah. like her her vocal mic for everything. It was a two fifty one. Yeah. I, I you're right. That's totally it was her two so fifty one. It was her two fifty one. It was Shirley's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and. And you could look at it in the basement. They would <laughs> show it to you, right. but n- but you're not allowed to use it. Totally. You're
2: not, and and um, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So so, so we use the 47. We settled for the. Oh, 47. we settled for the 47. Right, yeah. <laughs> mm, oh, and bummer. so Pat, Pat, <laughs> darn. Patrick does a you know his some guide vocals, scratch vocals on the 47. Basically, um, you know. So we had a vocal or whatever. Okay. So. Uh, the plan was to do the guitars and bass at Smart, and then because we didn't have enough money to stay there and do all the vocals and the over- in the rest of the overdubs, um, we went back to my little studio where like mm-hmm. Patrick and I met. And it was just this little mm-hmm. place. At that point, I had Pro Tools, but um, and we were doing the plan was do his lead vocals, uh, background vocals, and all the other mm-hmm. stuff until we mixed it right. Um, and I remember uh, we go to do Patrick's lead, and I don't have a forty-seven, right? I have—I forget what it was at the time, but probably a thousand-dollar microphone yeah. at the most. And um, and we're recording to kind of primitive Pro Tools, but um, and at one point we needed to reference your scratch vocal, and uh, for a part or something like that, and we pull it up, and and I remember thinking. Holy shit, the scratch vocals sounds so much better <laughs> sonically. <laughs> and and I think I like was like, do you guys hear this? And you and Pete were there, and I remember you guys being like, oh, it sounds like way better. Like, <laughs> yeah. what's wrong with your studio, Keith? You know, like, <laughs> I'm like, nah, fuck. Like, well, I don't have this microphone. We don't have it in the budget to have this microphone. Well, yeah, we
3: didn't, I mean, we didn't have any budget we, yeah, at the we, time. Yeah. You know.
2: And so the so the solution that I thought of at the time was, okay, I have I was like a uh, an intern at uh, a larger recording studio that we were going to mix it at in Chicago called Gravity Studios, which was a, a nice, another nice studio. Mm-hmm. It was about forty five minutes away. Um, and I still i because I was an intern and then I did a lot of work there, I still had a set of keys. And I was like, well, gravity has a forty seven <laughs> and and that's right. also, it was uh, scratch vocal was the forty seven and it was done to the tape machine. So I think in my head and with a knee pre or something. so yeah, it head, was like
3: it was it was. It, it was that's, great. That's, it was like that's quite, the, quite the scratch like scratch like, like, No, yeah. it was it was yeah. right. <laughs> ridiculous. And it's like
2: how do we get to that? And so the thought was, I remember thinking, well, <laughs> uh, we don't have money to go to Gravity, but here's what we could do. <laughs> Gr- everyone's probably gone from Gravity every night at 1 or 2 in the morning, and so we can get in the car. We can dr- mind you this is January in Chicago, so yep. we're talking like 0 degrees and it's we can get in the car and drive down to gravity at 2 a.m., sneak into into the studio, not tell anybody, and record your lead vocals from like 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. before they get back. And we can do that like three days in a row and seemingly we'll get away with it and we'll get this vocal change. But it was, Patrick, you need to... Uh, sing your lead vocals from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. in the dead of winter on a tape machine um, yeah. with X amount of tracks. And we had the rest of the rhythm section on the track, so it was like maybe three tracks. Basically, the worst conditions you could give <laughs> any singer. <laughs> well, and and uh, so it's funny, this session,
3: so the, the funny thing about Take This to Your Grave, because, you know, whatever, the way that it ended up happening was we had gotten, long story, but we had gotten... Um, like money to do three songs as a demo yeah. at Smart. So we went we did get to go to Smart and record these three songs yeah. and that were that ended up being there's th- three of the songs on the record. We we shopped that demo around and uh, and the there was some interest, but everyone was basically like, "Well, we don't know if you can write more songs. You know, yeah, what what, know. what can you write?" So we go back and with our now our own money, which was none, was yeah. re- we we record two more songs. I don't remember which was the one of them, but the other. Oh no, it was Grenade Jumper and like, hey, and, Chris and, and your yeah, boy? It, Grenade Jumper and and Where's Your Boy? Yeah, and and that was this session was was these two songs that we, and so we're sneaking into to oh, Gravity funny. late at night. And oh, and yeah, okay. we were, it okay. was, it was funny, man. Like the, um, Gravity wasn't in a, by any means in a bad area, but it wasn't a great area. No, yeah. And, yeah it was before Wicker Park was Everything gets a little yeah, worse, yeah. At yeah. two yeah, in the morning. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, And that's the other thing too. Yeah, and our yeah. van broke down, um, and it was kind of also one of these things where, like, the van didn't really fully lock or anything like totally that. So yeah. <laughs> so somebody had to stand guard of the van That's right. um, outside in the middle of winter in Chicago. Zero in, degrees. Yeah, zero degrees. And, and uh, man, the stuff you see at, at, you know, 4 in the morning <laughs> on, <laughs> on North Avenue. North <laughs> yeah,
2: Avenue in Park in, like, 2002. Yeah, 2002. Yeah. Yeah. North yeah.
1: Avenue in Atlanta, which is where <laughs> I live, also in that time period was shady uh, oh, yep, yeah, yeah no say north, it, north avenue go figure yeah, yeah a, right, it's universal right. <laughs> so were those um the song those two songs were kind of like prove yourself.
3: Yeah, and and so uh, and
1: you had to do whatever it took
3: to. Yeah. And know. so it was basically, yeah, beg borrow steal, you know, yeah. make this thing sound good. And we did and and it worked and it and uh, where's yeah. your boy? That was basically the cuz we had that and we had the song Dead on Arrival and those two songs kind of convinced everybody convinced ultimately Phil you know, like, okay, we'll we'll sign you. So but yeah. the record wasn't made as one album. We had had those five songs recorded and in two different yeah two, totally yeah, two different yeah like six or eight months apart yeah, yeah and then it was okay here's budget now real budget we did have real budget yeah. but here's real budget to go and record seven more songs yeah. at Smart
2: so. yeah that's right yeah. yeah it's funny how that works because uh, I'll often get asked you know by people like oh is it okay you know is it okay if we split up the drums like this week and then we do drums for a <laughs> record this week and and like people who might be Fall Out Boy fans and I'm like. Yeah, like, do you, yes. do you can you tell that? <laughs> can you, can you pinpoint which songs and take this <laughs> to your grave were done in this period, this period, and this period because they were done in three total sections. Well, and parts so, yeah. uh, funny, th- not so
3: funny story. I don't know if you want me to tell this story. Uh, uh kind now of a I, bummer. No, I do, yeah. yeah,
2: kind of a bummer, oh, but geez.
3: um, but an I think it was an intern for you, like, formatted his drives. Oh, yeah. And, and, uh, and lost <laughs> and he lost he lost a lot of stuff, lost entire projects of, yeah. of the, for a studio. Yeah. Lost Oof. lost most of the files for for the three songs we recorded. You went to a recovery place and there were some things that you couldn't recover, but you did get and, and you know, again, a lot of this was to tape, but we were backing it up on the yeah. and and some of the stuff, a lot of the harmonies and stuff we did not have on tape. Yeah, we wound and, up in
2: Pro Tools. And um, yeah.
3: and so some of the pro we, we ended up keep, we ended up saving some of the guitars and things like that, but there there were some of the harmony vocals yeah. that we had to go back and re-record like a year
1: later, and you whatever. redid it. You just redid them. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's funny. Until you mentioned that the other day, I had totally forgotten.
1: Yeah, about oh, that. I remembered because yeah. I was sounds, so. Bu- that sounds traumatic. Well, it, was, yeah, it, was, yeah, course, it was the scariest yeah, thing ever. <laughs> yeah. You know, because yeah. like because yeah.
3: like, for, uh, for yeah, both of yeah. us, because I mean, you know, for me, I'm like this was, you know, this is my baby. This is the stuff that I worked be on. A huge and,
1: opportunity.
3: Yeah, totally. Mm. And then for Sean, like I was like, because the way you described it, it was like it was like. Uh, I think I'm going to lose everything. Yeah. You know, it was basically God. like, like yeah. I mean, it's the scare. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's the last thing. It's you the scariest was...
3: thing. You, and yeah, he, yeah. he, and he formatted both of them. That was yeah, the other thing. He right? formatted the main and the backup. That was yeah. the, holy that was the shit. thing. And so I'm
2: impressed. I was even backing up in those
3: days. To you know, you, I, yeah. I remember, yeah. you, I remember because you were like, dude, and the backup. Wow. <laughs> you know, it was holy cow. It was the scariest thing. Like, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. Did it just happen to be that moment where? You have both hooked up at the same time, like, I honestly like don't that know. hour. I really don't that know. That magic yeah, hour.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's yeah. I, my memory. That's traumatic.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bring <laughs> oh, it up. No, it's, I mean, now it doesn't matter anymore. You know. But it was such. It, yeah. a, it was
3: such a scary time. You know, to be like. You know, and and for us, we're like we have. We have a deadline to make for this album, for yeah. our first album. Yeah. Um, so now we have to... And, and we don't know how much we lost. We have no idea. There's this uh, story about um, Toy Story 2 that this is actually exactly what happened to Toy Story no 2. Kidding. Yeah, it's a true. true story that, that Toy Story 2, somebody somebody erased all of the hard drives and by chance and and whatever and it was like oh, almost completed and by chance whoa. some someone in the sound department or something had it on their laptop had a copy on their laptop that they weren't supposed to have oh, but they oh, but right. like to make things easier so did he get fired and, or no rewarded? They, they, they ended up <laughs> yeah they saved the entire film or whatever I would but, know but it kind of felt like that where like for a minute there you're like i think we lost the whole thing i oh, think we you know i don't shit. know what we lost
1: and so oh, that yeah. is so brutal i, I yeah. once hmm. uh, in two thousand five. And my studio got struck by lightning Oh my gosh! Uh, while I was backing things up. So <laughs> oh, you know, this was before cloud backups. So I had the main drive, the backup drive, and the computer um, all hooked up at the same time and heard a storm start brewing. And in the south, lightning is a real issue. So I was like, well, there's three minutes left on the backup. Uh, The moment this backup is done, I'm pulling everything out of the walls. Well, like at two minutes, the place got struck by lightning. Oh, my gosh. And when I say everything exploded, I mean it exploded. Really? uh, Yeah, and everything was gone. Luckily... Holy cow. Yeah, it was so bad. But one of the bands was there with me, so... They believed me, obviously, because they, <laughs> they saw it happen. Fair enough. So we just re-recorded their stuff, but the other bands did wow. not believe me. Because, you know, yeah. it's one Why of those, would you? Yeah, my studio w- got
2: struck by lightning. <laughs> yeah, like- <laughs> I lost your whole record. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they definitely did not believe me. Right. dog get your check. Do you use cloud backups
2: now? Yeah, Backblaze. Yeah. Backblaze,
1: I'm not familiar with that. Happens.
2: I've heard, I've heard, I've heard uh, that
3: one. A, lot of, a lot of people are using that now. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's a good one
3: got to do it boys and girls yeah know. right <laughs> you yeah, you do. back up you everything do. It's, yeah but yeah it was a, it was a very scary very scary time we're gonna <laughs> <have> <laughs> to record. but so, anyway but the point is that you can record you can
1: record years apart and have and have a, have totally. a cohesive sounding song yeah i mean
2: somehow we did yeah, yeah. which was kind of amazing
1: yeah. i think well yeah. did you remix everything at the very end
2: no no so actually that's interesting um and again this is you you correct me if i'm wrong here but um pretty sure this is this is right um, so we made um, obviously we made the whole record these guys had a tour that was scheduled like immediately after the recording um, we finished recording right and so they meaning I had to mix the record while they were gone or I had to mix the rest of the record these seven songs we had had five that were done Those, yeah we were done done for a long time yeah. again another like eight months or so they were done yeah and so and, and I and the plan was I'm gonna mix the other seven and, and I think my plan was I'm going to remix Mix at least a few of the like the original ones we did, like Dead on Arrival and Saturday, and uh, maybe one other. And Homesick so, and Space. Camp. Yeah, and I wanted to like top my mix. I remember that was my thought. But okay, so but the trick is, is that I'm mixing at Gravity, which is on at that time it's a vintage Neve, and there's there's no recall of any kind. And the band's on tour, and so I'm left to mix the record and make every print on my own, and then ha- I had to play it for these guys when they got back from tour, which is maybe like the most like. Um, amount of anxiety I've ever had as a mixer because here like I'm like trying to mix this like their debut record. It was a big deal for for me for sure. And I knew it was for them. And uh, there was no going back. And so I mixed those seven songs by myself. And this is pre um, internet speeds of being able to send it to them and they can none of that. Um, and so I did mix the seven songs and I was there, you know, like you would expect all night pulling my hair out, doing this crap. Um, and and then I I tried to remix a few of the old ones and I actually remember thinking... I can't beat this. I'm, I'm leaving this. We, this was okay. And I think also I was like beyond exhausted and used most of my time to mix the other seven We were happy problem. with. I mean
3: that those were the things were that good. got assigned so there's no real reason to, you know. Yeah. It wasn't
2: broke. It's I like mean, my e- it's like my ego. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like I, I can beat this shit and um so I didn't do that. But so the funny part about that is that so I didn't I, I printed them and you guys they came back and I I remember you guys coming into Gravity, and me playing you the mixes, and I was like, I mean, these are my buddies, you know." It's like I'm friends with them, but still, I'm really nervous. I'm like, I'm yeah. probably feeling like I'm going to throw up because I'm playing. You know, they well because the, I mean, the the stakes
3: for all of us were really high.
2: I mean, Super there was high. it was a indie label, but it
3: was kind of overseen by by a major label. Like so this is the first yeah. time, yeah. So uh, by uh, Island, so this Island. is the first yeah, time that we yeah. were ever. Um, That any of us had ever dealt in
2: Mm swim in those waters
3: at all. It was yeah.
2: So anyway, so oh no, yeah, it was it was big for all of us. Like um and okay, so I I played it for him and and thankfully I think generally speaking everything was like cool, which was great. Except for there were definitely a few moments, like a few parts, where I think I remember specifically some screams that Pete did. He was like, "Those need to be louder," and I was like. That's not possible. <laughs> and I think maybe some harmonies or something. And then what we realized we could do was, uh, we could we took the the tapes back or the prints back to my little studio, and Pete actually over I don't know if you remember this, but Pete overdubbed them again. I do I was, oh, like, I don't remember I was that. like, yeah. I was I like, remember. if you overdub these again, I can make a Pro Tool session with the mix, which. Uh, 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 eventually came off the two track but uh, the analog two track that went to mastering but um but I lined it up against the Pro Tools print of it, like the you know, the mm-hmm. digital print. And I had Pete do a few of the screams, and I made a Pro Tools template with the mix with Pete's screams, and I sent it to Dominic, our mastering engineer, and said, I need you to fly these in against <laughs> the master. And so in order to get these screams louder, he had to redo them. And that's how some of those screams got louder. That's crazy. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. And so that's Dominic, well, the mastering engineer yeah, who did that. I didn't want to
3: tell this. You were talking to- you are talking about the um, uh, there are a couple of things you're talking about ego. You're talking about the uh, <laughs> about the the schedule, the time time frame. We had no time yeah. um, because it was really funny. We like I said, this this record was recorded over the sp- span of you know a year and a half or something like that yeah. um, in these separate heats. But then at the very end, it was like. We're really down to the wire. You know, we have a release date and all this. And again, yeah. the other thing too is that we had, you know, half of a pretty good record. So they they were so label was pretty confident that you know mm-hmm. we're we're gonna put this out. Yeah. We're happy with this. Yeah, yeah. So it was like something's coming out. If you don't, whatever you finish is coming out. Right. And we had and we were leaving the next day. And you and I were way way too ambitious with overdubs, with harmonies and guitar parts, and we you know we layered like we've. Fucking layered like yeah. crazy, and I remember Heartland one. Yeah, I remember one song in particular. I don't remember. I, I so stupid. I can't remember the name of it. Something about sending postcards from a plane crash. That was the name of it. Okay, um, <laughs> and I remember that the uh, so up to that point, we had had this kind of of like chip on our shoulder about not not auto tuning as much as possible. Yeah. We we're really like you know we're not going to auto tune. And so so I I really I really stood in that booth and and sang. The vast majority of this shit. Yeah. But then there we are, and it's the night before we leave for tour, and the lead was done, and the whatever, and we were very happy with everything. But there were all these layers of of vocals, all of these. I mean, that song is just layers and layers and layers. And you finally go, we're gonna tune, we're gonna tune these harmonies. We're just gonna tune this. Because there's no way my voice, I'm losing my voice as I'm sorry. singing it. You know, I'm just I'm just getting shredded. It's literally the last day we're in the studio. Um there's no there's we're leaving for tour, we're gonna be gone. He has to mix this entire time. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I'm sorry, man. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tune these harmonies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I remember that.
3: It was it, you know. And, whatever, and you kind of take it, you're like, all right, fine. So that was my one big letdown. Wait, you know? wasn't there
2: also, okay, maybe I've made this up in my head, but def- I've told this before, so hopefully not. I also remember at that moment, like, yeah, the, it was the last two days. You had all these freaking had, vocals, and, and to I sing.
3: saved. I had, like saved all these harmonies, and it was such a bad idea. That, it was know, so because <laughs> so, we had
1: we'd, we'd been lucky up I to mean, that just point. Just a bad yeah. idea to save them. Or? To to
3: have that we we had because we had done the knockout record and whatever. Where it's like, oh, we can do all these harmonies. You know, we yeah, we knock yeah. them out. Yeah. But you, we dreamed even bigger. It was We're like totally, you know, going yeah. to the buffet and taking <laughs> and putting way too much on your plate. <laughs> totally. And so yeah, the last two days I had to sing like. I had to sing for... And my voice was gone. I didn't know how to sing. So my yeah. voice was shredded. It I was, was
2: shredded. And I remember the second to last day so we we had one more day the next day right one more full yeah. day and we were it was the night the night before and it was towards the end of the night and patrick you know was like singing wanted to sing wanted to sing and i remember thinking man if if he if he, if he sings any more he's going to destroy his voice for the next day and like when you're a singer i assume when you're a singer and you're in it you never want to stop you just want to keep going you're not thinking about that but and so i remember like i thought i was like Dude, you have to stop because we have tomorrow <laughs> and you're like I'm not going to stop. And I was so frustrated that yeah, yeah. I think I was like uh, I remember going on the talk back going, "If you keep singing, I'm going to come in there and fucking push yeah, you." We, know that. No, that's true, actually. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> "Okay, okay, okay i am done." We kind of had a little spat
3: about it. Um, <laughs> I totally lost no, it. Well, yeah. and 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 because it was getting really diminished returns, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, that like, back to the thing about the about the being learned in your craft. Yep. Um singing mm. I, I i apparently was doing just fine without having any any technique but then you run up in, in these limitations where it's like, well, you can't. If I had known what I was doing, I probably could have sung a lot longer. Yeah, of course. And, and, and you yeah. know, at the time, I didn't understand breast support. I didn't understand my posture. I didn't understand any of those things. So there I am, just mm. just singing, just singing like you sing, and my voice is just. I, I you know, I'm, I'm Tom Waits by the end of it. You know, right. yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And uh, and he's like, <laughs> we're not doing this. I actually. Um, I had started yeah. to my voice had started to uh, produce like these little you know harmonics that when you were mixing them
1: that that bad. okay yeah, yeah yeah when
3: you're when you're when you're layering together and you, and you're like well they, the 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 fundamentals in tune with each other, but, the, but there's, there's these harmonics wild, that aren't. It was, it was that bad, and so it was like, okay.
2: <laughs> it's pretty cool. I mean, basically, it's just a huge learning experience for all of us. I mean, yeah. I know for me it was, that's for sure. It's yeah. like, we're really learning how to make a record. I mean, just we had some, some resources and a crap ton of energy and you know, determination. I
1: think, too, that it's, it's hard to really evolve unless you're under pressure, like that yeah. pressure cooker, Definitely. make brings the best out of you.
3: Oh, so much better! I yeah. mean, I feel like the stuff, the stuff you do when no one cares, it's like whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you can't really simulate pressure. No, no you no, can no. try, but I, it's just not the same. Yeah, like when your future is on the line. <laughs> yeah, and it's a mm-hmm. whole different level. Just out of curiosity, what? How long are your vocal sessions now?
3: Well, now I barely do sessions because I kind of just do it. Um, I. Uh, I tend to when I'm demoing now I'll I'll just kind of do it myself and just mm-hmm. kind of and and a lot of my demo harmonies are are you know Captain, when we did a um, uh, Lake Effect Kid, yeah. mo- most of those harmonies were what I had done on my when I was demoing like a session for us. Yeah, because I like I I was just laying out like a like a you know what our Pro Tools you know click track was going to be. Yeah, and while I'm doing yeah. it, I was like singing a scratch vocal, and I was like, oh, I'll just sing the I sang harmonies and yeah. whatever. And, and so great. so most yeah. of them ended up being that. So nowadays, it's kind of I don't really sit down and do. A vocal session. It's more like I do while I'm, you know, it's it it kind of ends up saving my voice a lot because I'll 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 be recording guitars or something, and then in between there I'll I'll record you know one you know one line in Mm. stereo, Mm -hmm. and then go back to go back to working, and then I'll you know so it's a lot of these blasts of that kind of thing.
1: So get reunited after fifteen years.
2: Mm, Yeah,
1: it's pretty cool. How different was the process? Like I mean, because. You know, when I think back 15 years ago, I mean, I was still the same person, but not entirely. Like, you guys have had entire careers
3: since mm. then. Yeah. Um, I actually would wonder what you would think, because I feel yeah. like, you know, you've you've
2: I'm, seen us. I'm curious you know, what you think. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I thought it was kind of, in a lot of ways, just getting back to it. It was kind of weird. It was, you know, because we had had a, a really kind of good way of communicating you know and, and most of the time too it was the two of us in the studio all day and yeah. then and then everybody else was very involved but it was one of those things where we were the guys that would stay late and yeah, whatever yeah. so yeah and that was, it was pretty much just back to that yeah you know what i mean like yeah
2: it yeah it was wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah it was funny I, I told some friends after we did it after maybe literally 15 minutes it seriously just felt like it felt just like it felt. Yeah, like yeah, sixteen years ago. Obviously, under, in a different studio and under different with conditions. no stress. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the
3: same exact thing, but minus any of the stress and totally. and More and now they would totally let us use. Uh, it you wasn't really at that studio, but they, so they would let like, us. They would have let us use the two fifty one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. I think we did. We did use the two fifty one. We had a pair, uh, which is really yeah.
2: funny. We had two. a pair of yeah. overheads. Yeah, right? their to- yeah, rooms or overheads or something. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it is it yeah, it really did just feel like it really went right back into the old like I I was I noticed like our sense of humor is between yeah, and the jokes like, are the all band, the same. They were all the same like <laughs> like our dyna- so, and the dynamic of like who weighs in on what and who yeah. pushes what things. It was yeah. just like that, you know? But then like on the on the flip side of it also yeah. There's no way to recreate something. Even same people, same everything. It's just gonna be different because we're all. It's so much later. So it's yeah. just like all those inherent differences were were different just because of time. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was pretty simple. Like it was a good time, though. It, it was a great
2: time. Yeah, it was hilarious. It was, it was really, really fun. fun. Yeah. Well, we we were supposed to do it in two days uh, at at Sunset Sound um, and. Uh, in like two 12-hour days is how they give you the studio, I think, or whatever. But um, And I think like the night before, two nights before, Patrick, um, text, you text me because you had an obligation that came up on the second day where he had to leave um, like a couple hours after our session started. and, and a couple hours. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so it kind of did, yeah. Because really, the second day would yeah. typically yeah. be really like Patrick cool, and I, right. yeah. And um, and we're like, cool, we're gonna do it. And it was just like, great, we're still gonna make it happen. And um, yeah, and we and we so we spent the first day, and we really we just went through everything, right? We did everything. But I do remember thinking yeah. that we would probably still do your lead vocal the second day for whatever reason. I had that in my head. Um, but um, we had been going for I, I remember this at least um, eleven hours. So you get the studio for twelve. I mean, I'm sure you could stay longer if you need to. But um, mm-hmm. and and Patrick had, I mean, at that point, Patrick had done all of his stuff: piano, organ, guitars. I mean, it was a full day. And I remember you said to me, it was like whatever it was, eleven ten or ten ten, uh, within the last hour. And you said, you know, I want to do the lead vocal. Let's do the lead vocal. I was like, great. And and I think I remember saying to you, like we got 50 minutes. Is that cool? <laughs> and you're like, great, let's do it. And I was like, awesome. And, <laughs> and like, Yeah. And he just like, like typical went in the booth and just, um, and I'm, I'm kind of commenting on this mainly because you were talking about like how you do lead vocals today. Yeah. And I don't know if maybe this is, hey. yeah. Yeah. you know, this was this one studio version of many, I'm sure of how you do it. But like, but he did it in one, you know, we just did it like uh, normal, I guess, in one sitting and just went through and yeah, I thought it was awesome.
1: Yeah, like, There's a ton of harmonies, but you're saying that those are from the demo. Sort of, yeah. So what?
2: What? What? Well, so we're we had
3: this song was was one that we had demoed um, a bunch of years ago on a record uh, folio, and we and and it kind of came back up as like, hey, we should record this song for real because it was it was out there as a demo, and so I kind of told Sean this when we when we put the session together. He's like we can't change much production-wise because the audience has already heard a demo version. They're already acquainted with it. So basically, we need to do Mm -hmm. a properly recorded version of this song. So structurally, we're not... Because that's another thing, too, is every producer has a different methodology, but Sean... And, and and I the way I'm used to working and the way I'm used to being worked with, we really get our hands dirty with you know s- song structure that kind of stuff. And it was like we can't change yeah, anything. Yeah, you've got Pretty the most
2: much. massive <laughs> case of demoitis because it's <laughs> whatever yeah, heard. It. It. Yeah. yeah, so
3: we so we've heard it. We know what it is. So we can't change it. It yeah. is the demo, but we have to now record a, a proper version of it. So so I said I basically I was like. Um, so i was recording a i i was basically to try and expedite our recording process i was playing with you know just setting out a tempo and maybe having a scratch track for for Andy to play to, so yeah. we didn't have to deal with that on the day. you know? um, and while I was doing that, I was like, well, i'll just mm-hmm. I'll just do these harmonies. and and my my chain was basically the same as what we'd be using. Yeah. The only difference was it was a uh, a c eight hundred, which was way, way brighter. So I think yeah. that was one thing that we had to um we had to contend with. Um, but, you know, he, we queued he it. it. was yeah. fine. So just
1: like in your personal yeah,
3: writing in my, <laughs> I, I'm in between studios right now, so it was in my closet. I love it. <laughs> His personal studio is a closet. He showed it, me a picture. It, it, I'm it's like, a closet. I got, like a closet. There's, a, there's a C800. There's, you know, uh, my vocal chain in a, in a, in a rack <laughs> and, and my, you know, my, my shirt. It's, it's great. It's great. So, um, so but whatever. So I, I, I kind of um, I brought those in and I was kind of, you know, Part of it was like it's to help stabilize the session, but then also if we if we don't need to re-record these, if we get these, yeah. I, yes. I sent I sent them to you. I was like, "What do you think?" And you were like, "Oh yeah, these are these are usable." So we yeah. so it was basically so yeah, it was kind of nice because then the the guesswork and the frustration. I feel like harmony vocals are so much fun to write and such a pain in the ass to record, and so it was kind of like that thing of like. I kind of liked doing it by myself in my yeah. room, in my closet. Um, <laughs> you know, just that thing of of let me get that again. You don't have to do all that a bunch of times. Yeah. You can just yeah. sit there and record that. So then, when I'm doing the lead vocal, I really got to just focus on singing, and you know, and let somebody else hear it. Yeah, you know, and, it was and so awesome. so you got yeah. to pick, which was yeah. which was really cool for me, um, to like just be focusing on the singing and kind of play like an instrumentalist a little bit
2: yeah I mean we did so we did do that he did his lead vocal in 40 minutes 45 minutes literally whatever we had left that night we both went home I I woke up in my hotel and just comped it on my laptop yeah. really quick knowing I I had Patrick I think, for a couple yeah. hours the next day I played it for you I think we made a yeah. couple adjustments yeah, yeah or I think something. we
3: punched in a couple of things but it was and pretty then,
2: much yeah, no, it was it was done. I think honestly, the punches you did, I think a lot were like like those like bridge like runs. Yeah, like yeah of yeah. yeah. Like yeah, add-ons. there was one so run was I wasn't like, happy
3: with, but it was really funny. We we uh, it was, I, I think I gave him like five takes or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah just, like, it was really straight straightforward. Back, yeah. yeah, I didn't. You you know sometimes I'll I'll go part to part. You know I'll, I'll sing through a section of the song and and until we get it right but that one i think we just did Yeah, you know just front to back and it's pretty straightforward and, straight
2: and I, I love i personally love the vocal and and i um i remember even the next day i i um i told patrick i was like you know i don't i don't have any autotune on here i i don't i don't think it should have any autotune and not that i i want to state this not that i would ever think that patrick needs it like patrick knows that i think he's one of the most phenomenal singers <laughs> i really do i mean i really really do and but still it was it was for me it was like I'm working with now Fall Out Boy 15 years later who's a huge band and it's like you know like uh, I feel like someone's gonna tell me I should need to put auto-tune out at some point or I'm gonna get fired you know and I was like just want to make sure this is cool Uh, you know I mean
3: there's still enough ego in there where I'm like where I'm like no auto-tune man right I I, I love it and it's great it's weird though I I was thinking about this on the way here I, I have done you know now I've gotten I've worked with so many different producers some people put it on as an effect. It's almost like, yeah. you know, like you would like a And no, I don't mean like the obvious auto-tune effect that everyone knows. No, it's I mean, got a sound. Yeah. To it. it has, the, it has this this kind of innate kind of there's just a there's just a, a slickness to it that some people use the same way they would use a, a reverb or something or a yeah, or a yeah. delay. You you don't really think about it and it's there. And hmm. I have worked with some people who've done that and it hasn't, you know, I, me carrying in that kind of snobbery I, I go well. It actually sounds okay in this context. Okay, okay, yeah. but I still, at the end of the day, I'm like, don't tune me, man. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know That's awesome.
1: for some like amazing vocalists who requested it. Yeah. Because of that sound, not and again, not the obvious sound, mm-hmm. but just that thing that it imparts on the tone they just yeah. liked it and they didn't need it so. oh yeah well the,
3: um uh when i we, we did a record with babyface and um and he, he, it was very much part of his chain he had a he had a yeah, hardware right. uh auto tune and it was and no yeah and and it was very much part of at the time anyway it was just part of the chain yeah and it was really funny because huh. his his engineer i wish i could remember the guy's name he was so great and forthcoming with all with information, but he was like, he's like, oh yeah, there's no secrets here, you know. Yeah, we 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 tune everybody, and and he was playing me. I won't say who, but he was playing me a a, a singer, his untuned and tuned, and it was perfectly in key. I mean, the, mm-hmm. this this singer was nailing it exactly in in tune, but it was it was like the difference it, at the time, you know. This was, you know, two thousand seven or something. I don't remember when it was, yeah. but like. It was like the difference between radio and not radio. You know, he, he just turning yeah. it on and off. It was like, so oh, interesting. interesting. You know, well, well I think the, like only just the tone way, of it, just something. the tone, just the yeah. just the way it imparted that thing. The only
1: way to get it to do that, to where it it does that thing, and you can't really tell that yeah. it's tuned yes is for the vocals to be sung well no that's the that's the 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 trick isn't
3: it you still have to sing really well yeah yeah.
1: (laughs) damn it Uh, (laughs) damn it
2: (laughs) it's not that short
1: (laughs) well it's just it's funny because there's that perception that people that it's used because people suck and that's not really the i mean yes Uh, it is sometimes used because people suck but that's not the only reason. But I'm it's sure serious. all of
3: us, I'm sure even the majority of people listening to this have, you know, are probably involved in recording and know yeah. pretty, pretty innate, pretty, pretty, pretty instantly like, nope, shitty singer still sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Still totally. sucks.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's no, no real fixing. I,
3: I, I know all of us have done that one <laughs> session where you're like, we are like, I don't even know how to edit this. Just one?
1: <laughs> Just, yeah, well,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I have no idea how I'm going to make this work. Oh, yeah. But. There was yeah you're 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 just looking at you're you're, you're looking at waveforms and in Pro Tools <laughs> like I don't I cannot make these these match in any way that could possibly totally. you know sound like anything anyone would listen to
1: yeah Auto Tune ain't fixing that nope mm. absolutely not mm. so question about Lake Effect Kid mm-hmm. the extra instrumentation um, is that you.
3: Yeah, that's usually, that's kind of my favorite thing to do in the studio, honestly. Is like, I can't, like I said, I was never the world's best drummer, but I was okay. And I kind of become okay at a lot of stuff. So I can kind of, I can kind of hang. At, yeah, a lot
2: more than okay.
3: In my <laughs> I think. Yeah.
1: That's okay. what I was saying about a T shaped person. Like, that's, that's, you want, you want to work with people like that, I think, especially if you're an instrumentalist who's like great at guitar. You want to work with someone like you who, can do all that stuff I'll never to-
3: shred but I can but I I can I can play I, well, I, Joe and I play the, the dual the duet yeah. there the, yeah, yeah. The, the guitar duet there yeah. or whatever. so like I can
2: I can play I, you know but mm-hmm. I can't yeah. but
3: I'm not you know I,
2: but yeah but that was Patrick you know, like the piano <laughs> and the organ and yeah. all that all, all that stuff yeah which is right. that was that was one
3: of the things too is we have this extra time kind of and so I was like you got a B <laughs> so
2: three I remember
3: yeah. that. that was great it was like oh you got
2: a piano I'm like oh, that's right, my catching that up. yeah
3: yeah so uh, that was good we got those two fifty ones is using for something you know
1: so, <laughs> so and one of the details I thought was really cool was uh, you know how the tambourine at the beginning mm-hmm. keeps the you know makes it feel a lot more intense gives it a lot more mm-hmm. motion and then when it drops out. The hi hat takes that over. I thought that was a nice, yeah, th- nice touch.
3: That was a thing that I had kind of when we when the band had done. Um, we did uh, Big Hero Six, the the Disney movie, and one of the things that I noticed with those notes that we would get from the studio, and they were really cool, by the way. I mm-hmm. I I was really impressed with that. That I've worked on other film things where it wasn't that cool, but that one was really really cool experience to do. To do. But a mm-hmm. lot of the notes were like, we want it to feel faster, and I'm like, I. But without changing the tempo because like we we've we've locked the tempo and I'm mm-hmm. like, right. so the only way to accomplish that is subdivision. I mean, that's the only way you yep. can make something and, yeah. and I know whatever. so so it's like it's this cool. how do you figure out how do you balance the subdivision but you know, that makes it feel up tempo without actually ruining the tempo cuz you know then you can play things too fast and have That's it suck. That's cool. I could so, see how
2: like them giving comments like that actually make you figure out new ways oh, to Oh no, do it was things. great. It I, was I, really it
3: was really helpful. It's awesome. Um I, like uh, it. I it was it was uh it was very cool like like I said the kind of notes, the caliber notes, but it was the kind of like okay, how do I do this cuz pictures locked. So we have it, it, yeah. we can't yeah. change the tempo at all, yeah. but we need it to feel faster and you're like ah uh, I guess I guess we're doing 16th notes. <laughs> so, true
1: true constructive criticism. <laughs> yes,
3: totally. Yeah, yeah, it's funny when that happens and you're like, "Oh, I could actually
1: I could actually learn from this." <laughs> yeah, it's 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 interesting cuz I mean, you know, we've all gotten mixed notes and yeah. know what it's like when criticism is just painful, but then every once in a while there are people who know how to communicate and tell you something they want that forces you to evolve your uh, abilities.
3: Well, that was Sean and I have known each other long enough that, that we've allowed each other to get really angry in front of each other. Yeah. And
1: that's, one of the things that's a good thing. It
3: is kind yeah. of because, yeah. in a lot of ways, yeah. one of the things that was really good about it was mixed notes. I learned what are really shitty mixed notes <laughs> <laughs> because
0: because I, I I watched Sean
3: get get fucking livid over some mixed notes. Well, some are
1: so brutal. Yeah,
3: <laughs> some are so brutal. Well, but there's also things where, like, until I had really studied and learned about. Learned about frequencies, for example, right? When you say I want the snare louder, and then you're sitting there watching a guy not turn the snare up, you're like, "What's going on?" And you're like, "I'm carving out space. Just shut up, man. Just, watch, <laughs> just wait. Just wait. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing the thing. It takes a while, but like, but it's that kind of thing where I'm watch. I, I watched you do it enough times where I'm like, "Oh." Huh. Okay, I'm gonna not. I'm gonna just not. Okay,
2: yeah. Interesting. (laughs) I'm gonna not comment. Whatever. (laughs) My ego was probably more fragile back then. Uh, Well, maybe it's just as fragile. Uh, I I don't know. know.
3: (laughs) I don't know. But I mean, it's it's a thing. You learn it. Also, it also in the same way talking about the you know probably what I would imagine for a for a conductor. If you don't have the the language, if you don't have if you can't talk the same language as the people you're working with, it doesn't matter what you're trying to say. And it's the same thing with mixed notes. This is a problem that musicians yeah. run into not knowing what they're really asking for. It's like, I want the drum louder, I want the snare louder, or whatever. It's like, no, you want you want you really liked when it had this reverb on it, but you don't know how to articulate that. Yeah. So. But
1: it's a two way street though, I think good. Great mixers and producers yes. should be like part of their job is to interpret absolutely it, to interpret what non technical people want. <laughs> yes. that, there's yeah.
3: a chapter in one of those mixing books, I can't remember which book it was, but there's a chapter where it's like, I'm sorry, you will have to deal with people. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's great a chapter, bummer. yeah, that's great, <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: so true. Yeah. Well, with that, I think this is a good stopping point. I want to thank you both, yeah, for
0: coming on. It's yeah. been
1: great talking yeah. to you
2: cheers yeah totally thank you awesome thank
0: you this episode of the unstoppable recording machine podcast has been brought to you by telefunken electroacoustic telefunken electroacoustic has been following the tradition of excellence and innovation set forth by the original telefunken gmbh of germany that began over 100 years ago with one foot rooted in the rich history of the brand and the other in new microphone innovations for both stage and studio applications. Telefunken Electroacoustic is recognized as one of the industry leaders in top quality microphones. For more info, go to t-funk.com. If you like the Unstoppable Recording Machine podcast, make sure you leave us a review, subscribe, and send us a message if you want to get in touch.